ग्रंथराज श्रीमद्भागवतम की शीला प्रभुपाद की जय निताय गोर प्रेमानंदे ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय हरे कृष्णा टुडे वी आर रीडिंग फ्रॉम कैंटो सेवन चैप्टर सिक्स चैप्टर सिक्स इज एंटाइटल्ड प्रहलाद इंस्ट्रक्ट इज डेमोनियक्स कोल मेट्स टुडे वी आर ऑन टेक्स्ट सेवनटीन एंड एटीन दैट्स करेक्ट ना So we'll read 17 in the vocative. Yato na kashchit kwacha kutra chidva. Yato na kashchit kacha kutra chidva. Dina swamatma namalam samarthaha. दीनम स्वात्मना आलाम समर्थ विमोचि कामदृश विहारा विमोचि कामदृश विहार क्रीड़ा मृगो यगदो विसर्ग क्रीडा निगो यगडो विगसर्ग द नेक्स्ट वन इज ऑल्सो देर ऑन द बोर्ड सो यू जस्ट डू दिस यो न कशिद क्वच कुमर्थ विमोचि कामदृशा विहार क्रीड़ा मृगो यगदो विसर्ग यो न कशिद क्वच कुत्रचिद्वा 
दीनस्वत्मनम अलम समर्थ विमोचि काम दृशा विहार क्रीडा मृगो यगदो विसर्ग यचिवचिवा दिन स्वत्मनम अलम समर्थ विमोचि काम दृशा विहार क्रीडा मृगो यगदो विसर्ग विमोचि काम दृशा विहार क्रीडा मृगो यगदो विसर्ग वैष्णवी तो न कशि क्वच कुद्रचिवामोचि काम दृशम विहार यगदो विसर्ग यो न कशि क्वत कुद्रचिवामोचि काम दृशा विहार क्रीडा मृगो यगदो विसर्ग word to word translation yata because na never kashchit anyone kwa in any place cha also kutrachit at any time wa all or dina having a poor friend of and of knowledge swam own atmanam self alam exceedingly 
समर्थः एबल विमोचितुम टू लिबरेट कामदृशाम ऑफ लस्टी वुमेन विहार इन द सेक्शुअल एंजॉयमेंट क्रीडामृग अ प्ले बॉय यत इन होम निगद विच इज द शैकल ऑफ मटीरियल बॉन्डेज विसर्ग दि एक्सपैंशन ऑफ फैमिली रिलेशनशिप्स तथ इन सच सर्कमस्टांसिस विदुराथ फ्रॉम फार अवे परिहित्य गिविंग अप दैत्या ओ मै फ्रेंड्स सन्स ऑफ द डीमस दैत्यु अमोंग द डीमस संगम असोसिएशन विषय आत्मकु हू आर् टू अडिक्टेड टू सेंस एंजॉयमेंट उपेता वन शुड अप्रोच नारायणम लॉर्ड नारायण द सुप्रीम पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉड हेड आदिदेव द ओरिजिन ऑफ ऑल डेमी गॉड्स स ही मुक्त संगे बाय द असोसिएशन ऑफ लिबरेटेड पर्सन्स इशिता डिजायर्ड अपवर्ग द पाथ ऑफ लिबरेशन ट्रांसलेशन एंड पर्पोर्ट बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस ए सी भक्तिवेदांत स्वामी शेला प्रभुपाद translation my dear friends o son of the demons it is certain that no one bereft of the knowledge of supreme personality of godhead has been able to liberate himself from material bondage at any time or in any country rather those bereft of knowledge of the lord are bound by the material laws they are factually addicted to sense gratification and their target is women indeed they are actually playthings in the hands of attractive women victimized by such a conception of life they become surrounded by children grandchildren and great grandchildren and thus they are shackled to material bondage those are those who are very much addict, addicted in this conception of life are called demons therefore although you are sons of demons keep aloof from such persons and take shelter of the supreme personality of godhead narayan the origin of all the demigods because the ultimate goal for the devotees of narayan is liberation from the bondage of material existence purport prahlad maharaj has maintained the philosophical point of view that one should give up the dark well of family life and go to the forest to take shelter of the lotus feet of the supreme personality of godhead hitvatmapatam grihamandakupam vanam gatoya dharim ashrateya in this verse he stresses the same point in the history of human society no one at any time or place has been liberated because of too much affection and attachment for his family life even in those who are apparently very educated the same family attachment is there they cannot give up the association of their families even in old age or invalidity for they are attached to sense enjoyment as we have several times discussed yan maithunadi griham grihameda sukham hi grihamendanetam sukham hi tucham so called householders are simply attracted by sexual enjoyment 
Thus, they keep themselves shackled in family life and furthermore, they want their children to be shackled in the same way. Playing the parts of playboys in the hands of women, they glide down to the darkest regions of material existence. Adanta Gobir Vishatam Tamishram Puna Punasi Charvita Charvananam Because they are unable to control their uh, senses, they continue a life of chewing the chewed and therefore descend to the darkest material regions. One should give up the association of such demons and adhere to the association of devotees. Thus, one will be able to be liberated from material bondage. Om Ajnanati Mirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam Mukam karoti vachalam, pangum langayate girim, yat kripatamaham vande, shri guru dinatarinam, vancha kalpatarubhyascha, kripasindubhyayvacha, patitanam pavanebhyo, vaishnavebhyo namo namaha, jay shri krishna chaitanya, prabhu nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhara, Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. So we are continuing to hear the instructions of Prahlad Maharaj to his uh, de demoniac schoolmates. Obviously he was studying in a de demon school under uh, the tutelage, like his tutors were Shanda and Amarka, the famous sons of Shukracharya. So he is in that school and he is continuing to instruct his classmates. And these are some of the most beautiful verses of Srimad Bhagavatam where he is giving instructions. They are all five-year-old children actually, but he is giving instructions which are ageless. They are valid even today in Kali Yuga. Prahlad Maharaj was uh, there in Satya Yuga as we know. Narasimha Dev appeared in Satya Yuga. But even now these instructions are so valid, all the more. You know, this attachment to women and all that he is talking about. So these are, these are some of the sublime teachings of Prahlad Maharaj. And then further when he talks to his father, We'll also hear some more sublime teachings of Prahlad Maharaj, which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu used to relish and hear over and over and over again. So, Dhruva Maharaj's pastime and Prahlad Maharaj's pastimes were uh, two favorite pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which he used to ask Gadadhar Pandit to keep repeating for him. So, he's reminding us over here in this particular verse, he's reminding his classmates and obviously all of us that the greatest attachment in this material world is the attachment to women. That is what once again Prabhupada, uh, sorry, Prahalad Maharaj is reminding over here. He is also telling at the beginning of the verse that one cannot think of liberating oneself from the shackles of material bondage by the dint of material education. So he is saying that one cannot hope that you know they are materially well educated but they have no knowledge, they are bereft of the knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayan, they, have, they cannot hope to be liberated. They cannot hope to cross the ocean of birth, disease, old age and death. They cannot hope to go out of the material world at all. So that is what Prahlad Maharaj is stressing over here. 
and he's saying that no amount of material education can actually give one the, the knowledge of how to overcome the attachment to women. So he's saying one who doesn't have the knowledge, who's bereft of the knowledge of the Supreme Lord, but who has a high material education, which means the knowledge of how to live in this world very nicely and you know just pursue their own goals and dreams and their own um, uh, their own attachments to their family friends country everything so if they have that knowledge but they have don't don't have any knowledge then they are actually sucking getting sucked down deep and deep into the well of material existence that's what Prabhupada is also explaining. Prabhupada has quoted some beautiful verses which will come later in the Bhagavatam when Prahlad Maharaj is talking to Hiranyakashipu, the Grihamandakrupam, the Grahamedi verse. So these are some of the verses which Prahlad Maharaj will talk to his father to open his eyes that you are actually a Grahamedi who is just sucked up in you know your own world and you are not seeing beyond that and looking at the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which is the ultimate goal of human form of life. So we see, like, you know, corroborating Prahlad Maharaj's teachings, we see in today's world as well, like he's saying no amount of material education can actually give one the knowledge of how to liberate themselves from the shackles of material life, especially, and he said that is especially the attachment to women. And he's saying that actually materialists just become playthings in the hands of attractive women. So we see, like, there are so many highly educated people in this world. And even in Prabhupada always used to question that where is the department on your universities? We have science, we have Bachelor of Science, you know, so many streams. If you go to open day or you visit these universities, you will see they offer so many streams of education. Arts, history, science, geography, so many mechanical engineering, mechatronics, computer science, like every, every aspect of material existence is and material knowledge is taught in universities. But Prabhupada says, where is that university department which is teaching about the knowledge of the soul? So forget about, you know, further, you know, teachings on how to be detached from this material life. Universities are not even addressing the basics of human form of existence, which is the difference between the body and the soul. And Prabhupada was very unhappy about this. He always used to challenge during his conversation, especially with college professors and all, he always used to challenge this. That where is that knowledge? Who, who is teaching that you are not this body but you are a spirit soul? There is nobody to teach that. Even though there are so many proofs, especially of reincarnation, like so many doctors have published reviews of their patients who actually remember their past lives, which is a proof that we are, we, everything doesn't end at death. We have come from a previous life and we will go into the next life. So we are, the same person is continuing but just changing bodies. Recently someone had shared a video about, you know, a little child who was three years old and he was actually a victim. He died in the 9-11 crash, which, which happened in 2001, the Twin Towers crash which happened. He was one of the persons who actually jumped out of the window, the burning buildings. He, he jumped out and he died. And he actually, this three-year child remembered who he was, he remembered his name, he remembered that whole experience. And then people had to believe that, yes, he's actually reincarnated in this lifetime. Because he was not even there during 2001. This is a recent story. So there were a few years which passed and then he was born again. And you know, this three or four year child has narrated his whole experience. But so, so many proofs are there, but still people do not believe. And there is no university department which teaches about all this. 
In fact, Sridhar Maharaj says, you know, very famous quote, which Prabhupada also quotes very often. He says that there is no joy like detachment and there is no misery like attachment. So one who is attached, Prabhupada is continuously talking about that in the purport as well and Prahlad Maharaj is also saying, one who is attached to his family, to his children, to his grandchildren, wife and all that, is actually in the path of misery. He's already miserable, he might not be realizing, but he's actually on the path of misery. In fact, Prabhupada once I think was in Mumbai and in Mumbai Prabhupada had started this whole program of life membership. Like he was trying to gather life members so that, you know, he has funds to open the temple and that way he was trying to enlist people's support in the Krishna consciousness movement, which was in its nascent stage in uh, India at that time. So he used to visit different life members' houses. They used to get invitation from all these pious people who wanted to support Krishna consciousness. So they were pious, but obviously they didn't have the knowledge of the highest goal of life. So one such life member's house Prabhupada visited with his disciples and he was an elderly gentleman who had uh, um, exhibited some interest in supporting ISKCON at that time. So that when, when they went there and they were all seated, he had very greeted, uh, he had greeted Prabhupada very nicely, welcomed him as a sadhu should be welcomed in the house. And then that elderly gentleman started calling all his family members. He first called his wife and introduced her to Sriya Prabhupada. Then he called all his sons and daughters and introduced them to Srila Prabhupada. Then he called his grandchildren and introduced them and he had great-grandchild also. So he called the great-grandchild and he introduced him also to Srila Prabhupada. So Prabhupada was very great, you know Prabhupada was very gracious in these matters. So very graciously he met everybody. But later on he told his uh, disciples, when they were back, going back to the temple in their car, he said that that man was just demonstrating his sex life. So Prabhupada is also corroborating this fact that one who is very attached to his family, grandchildren, children, wife and all that, he is nothing but he is shackled by sex life. And no amount of material education is going to teach them. Where is it in the schools? We know our children go to our local schools, primary schools, secondary schools. In fact, they are given sex education. And they are, taught, they are taught how to practice safe sex. That is what these children are taught. There are many, you know, brahmacharinis whom I was talking to who have been in our temple for years. And they said that even their parents used to tell them. You know, one brahmacharini, Mataji was there. She was saying that now I'm thinking like, you know, I, I lost respect for the way my mother brought me up because she didn't set any boundaries for me. She told me that uh, even if you're, you know, for example, you know, you're having, you're, you're getting intimate with a boy or uh, uh, with a boy, just practice safe sex. That is the boundary the mother put. Rather than refraining or restraining from that activity, she just says that don't become pregnant. And that is what we see. This, that is the education which is imparted in schools, sadly. Instead of telling children that no, you should refrain from sex, it is a shackling experience in this material world, the opposite education is given. And hence, what do we see? A product of these, you know, schools and universities who are, you know, just, just getting this material knowledge but no exposure to spiritual knowledge, they become highly educated, but we see them succumbing to this low desire, this, you know, desire, the, uh, the attraction to the opposite sex. In fact, Kapila Dev says in his teachings to Mother Devahuti, in the third canto he says that, he says that the attachment to women is definitely detrimental in this material world, what Prahlad Maharaj is also saying here, but he's saying attachment to a man 
who is who is attached to a woman is even more detrimental than direct attachment to a woman and why is he saying that because we know that there are people who are addicted to all these lower kinds of enjoyment in their lives and they don't want to have that guilty conscious and what do they do therefore they they try to enlist more people into their circle they try to have you know take more people and influence more people to become like them so that their conscious will be less guilty because then they will see oh there are so many people who are like this in the world and therefore prabhupad says and kapila muni says that it is more dangerous to be attached to men so you might came oh i am not attached to women i don't you know get i don't follow that particular vice but if you have friends who are attached to women and who are following that lifestyle they are going to drag you down they are going to drag you down in this deep dark well and what prahlad maharaj is saying you know these men are just play things in the hands of attractive women and therefore kapila muni warns of this dangerous association of such men and we see you know the products of these highly educated people we have seen so many people have lost their careers have lost their credibility in the society and they are highly placed people very famous personalities so called material famous materially famous personalities have succumbed to this and they've lost everything they are in jail a few years ago there were headlines in the age newspaper and you know in our office also people were talking there was a famous hollywood producer who had a company called miramax and he was harvey weinstein and there was so many years 64 years old and such an old man at that age also he was molesting women and he had so much wealth so this whole thing was there in the headlines the new york times i think did a whole he they exposed him they they interviewed lots of women who were um, you know molested by this woman uh, by this man and they 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 published all these interviews so he had so much money obviously he's a hollywood producer so he had so much money at his disposal that he became very arrogant because of that and he thought he could make women do whatever he wants to do and there were so many charges against him about rape sexual misconduct and all that and he was just settling you know it's called out of court settlement so with these women so they don't open their mouths he would settle he would give them huge amounts of money in actually you know hundreds of thousands of dollars but he would sign an nda a non disclosure agreement with them where they couldn't open their mouth in the future to any press or anybody else about the experience they had to so he would buy their silence and he would not want and them to do anything in that way his activities were continuing unchecked but then this newspaper completely exposed him and then ultimately his you know the company sacked him the board of directors sacked him and he's in jail currently and he has so many charges of sexual misconduct and we have you know because of this person's exposure by the media there were many uh, workplace uh, policies that were later on introduced to protect women in the workplace from such sexual misconduct but we see such he was at in such a high position so much wealth at his disposal but he was misusing his power and his position and his attachment to women has now landed him in jail so he was 64 or something or 65 something when he was arrested and he has 23 years of imprisonment in front of him so practically till he dies he is going to be in jail instead of the big hollywood mansions that he was living in many other examples the presidents of country we know in us bill clinton the president of the country was charged with having you know intimate relations with another woman we, you, there are you know heads of companies like the head of infosys he was uh, a person called fanish murthy so he was also sacked by his company because there were complaints against him 
for you know inappropriate conduct with women so he was sacked by one company and then he joined another company but because the spiritual education is not there and because that sense of detachment the knowledge of detachment from these activities and vices is not there so this Fanish Murthy is actually IIT I am sure all my, most of you know about the IIT in India it's a very prestigious engineering institute and he also had done his management studies MBA from IIM that is also another very prestigious institute to study your management studies so from mo two of the most prestigious universities so obviously his material education was top class like nobody could match or compete with that material education but the spiritual basis was completely lacking and he had no knowledge so one company sacked him for you know sexual misconduct he joined another company again at a high position he was the CEO and again he was sacked for the same reason so you know people don't learn their lessons because they do not have knowledge of this particular thing and that is why if we see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu like Prabhupada is continuously talking, talking about that following in the footsteps of Prahlad Maharaj Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also constantly used to tell us about this particular aspect in fact Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was you know he came to spread the Hare Krishna Mahamantra he spread, came to spread the teachings of Srimad Bhagavatam so that all of us can then follow in his footsteps and follow in the footsteps of great acharyas and we can all have this knowledge which is required to be detached from all these particular vices and detached from the material existence from family friends wife children everything so today is actually the disappearance day of two famous personalities uh, the it's the disappearance day of swarup damodar goswami and also the disappearance day of shivanand sen so speaking of chaitanya mahaprabhu he actually he, he came to open the storehouse of Prema for all of us. So not only did he spread the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, which is the Yuga Dharma, he came to establish the Yuga Dharma, but he came to give us the highest goal of life, Prema Pumartho Mahan. And even in that, he actually came to give us the highest level of this Prema, which was Vraja Bhakti or Madhurya Ras, the, the love which the gopis headed by Srimati Radharani had for Lord Krishna especially in the vipralamba bhava in the mood of separation so chaitanya mahaprabhu was constantly telling us about gopi bhartur padakamalayur das das dasanudas he used to tell us his teachings were following in the footsteps of the gopis we have to cultivate the mood of becoming the servant das das dasanudas becoming the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant however you know we we hear these instructions but we do not have access to the gopis we do not have access to understanding how to actually be gopi gopi bhartur padakamalayur how to actually implement that in our lives so we have the philosophy given by chaitanya mahaprabhu of raja bhakti of you know making you know making the gopis as our ideal in the in terms of madhurya rasa and then following in their footsteps but we actually practically do not know how to do that so the Lord is again very merciful and therefore he sends his intimate associates to descend in this material world to set a practical example for all of us. And Swarup Damodar Goswami was one such eternal associate of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who actually advented in this world and he was none other than an incarnation of Lalita Sakhi. So that is why these gopis descend and then they are teaching as Goswamis who just appeared a few hundred years ago. They are setting an example for us to how to you know uh, to imbibe this teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu of Gopi Bharatur Padakamalayur Das 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 Anudas. 
So, you know, in some scriptures it is said that Swarup Damodar Goswami was Lalita Saki and in some scriptures it was said that he was an incarnation of Vishaka Saki. So, both, both uh, uh, statements are there in the scriptures. However, we know that he is an incarnation of one of the gopis, one of the principal gopis of Lord Krishna. And he was obviously an intimate year in this material world during Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. He was one of the most in, in, uh, intimate associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we'll talk a little bit about Swarup Damodar Goswami's life and what was his role in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela. So his previous name was Purushottam Acharya and he was actually born in Navadvip. He had the great fortune to be in Navadvip during Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. When he was doing the Sankirtan pastimes in Srivas Thakur's house and all, Swarup Damodar Goswami, when known as Purushottam Acharya at that time, was a witness to all these pastimes. However, it is said that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sanyas, so he was very attached to the lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sanyas, Purushottam Acharya almost became like a madman. He couldn't bear that separation from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu left Navadvip and went away when he took sanyas. So he couldn't bear that separation. Obviously, he was in the mood of a gopi, so he couldn't bear that separation from her, his lord. And therefore, he also ran away from Navadvip. He ran away from his home and he went to Varanasi and over there he also accepted sannyas following in the footsteps of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from a, a person called Chaitanya Nanda. So he accepted this sannyas but he did not accept the dress, the external dress of a sannyasi. In his humility he did not accept the saffron clothes or the danda and all that and he maintained, still maintained his Brahmacharya name. And that therefore his name has the Swarup tag in front of it because he maintained that Brahmacharya name with him. And his Guru Chaitanya Nanda actually ordered him. He told him that you study the Vedanta very deeply and you teach it to others. So following the instructions of his Guru, Swarup Damodar Goswami actually studied the Vedas and all the scriptures very deeply. In fact, it is said that he was such an expert. He was so expert in all these scriptures that he was almost like Brahaspati. He was compared to Brahaspati for his expertise in all the scriptures. However, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he maintained a lot of gravity. He would not expose this particular expertise that he had in the scriptures to anybody. And he would just be silent and remain alone most of the times. Because he was internally feeling so much separation from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And then he came to know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come to Puri, to reside in Puri. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had gone on South India tour and then he had come to reside, uh, reside in Puri. And he made Gambira in uh, Jagannath Puri as his uh, residence for the rest of uh, the time that he was manifest on this earth planet. So when Swarup Damodar Goswami came to know of that, he actually went to meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was so happy internally. So he went to meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he actually had a beautiful meeting with him. And this beautiful meeting is described in the Chaitanya Charitramrita Madhya Leela. There is a very nice description of the union of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Swarup Damodar Goswami. So he offered beautiful prayers uh, glorifying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu which have been recorded in Chaitanya Charitramrita Madhya Leela 10.119 and also they have been given recorded by Kavi Karnapur and Chaitanya Chandrodaya Natak. So there also it has been recorded and in this prayer, you know, he, he composed this prayer just on the spot for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu but because he was such an expert, he, this prayer has 
actually been described as having describing the 10 characteristics of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That is what Swarup Damodar Goswami did when he composed this beautiful prayer. So there is a very nice um, article which has been written by Gaurang Darshan Prabhu. It was published in the Back to Godhead some time ago. And there he glorifies this prayer of Swarup Damodar Goswami and the 10 characteristics which um, Swarup Damodar Goswami glorified in his prayer. So the, the translation of this verse is, let there be Chaitanya mercy. Okay, and it says, Shri Chaitanya Daya Nidhi Tava Daya Bhuyad. And that mercy which drives away material lamentation. So that's the first characteristics of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That it drives away material lamentation. It purifies everything. Vishadaya means it purifies everything. It awakens transcendental bliss. That's number three. Pronmilat Umodaya. The fourth one characteristic is it mitigates the disagreement of the scriptures. That is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy does. It mitigates all the disagreements. There might be some contradictions in the scriptures, but just his mercy mitigates these um, um, the vivad which can happen because of scriptures. The fifth characteristic is that it distributes all transcendental mellows, rasadaya. So it gives us it, it gives us glimpse of the highest rasas. The sixth one is it causes jubilation of the heart, chitta arpita unmadaya. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy gives us that happiness in the heart. The seventh one is it always stimulates devotional service. Shashvat Bhakti Vinodaya. It, stimu it stimulates the devotional service in the heart of a jiva. The eighth mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is along with full ecstasy and joy. So it, it instigates, it, um, it arouses devotional bhakti, bhakti in our hearts and also full ecstasy and joy. It gives an experience of that. The ninth characteristic, it glorifies the limit of amorous love, which means Madhurya Maryadaya. That is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach us about Madhurya Ras, highest rasa following in the footsteps of the gopis. And it awakens good fortune, Amanda Udaya. It awakens good fortune in the heart of everybody. So these are, this is a poem which he composed on the spot glorifying the ten characteristics of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. And it has been very nicely described in these two scriptures. So, <clears throat> uh, when once he offered his Danvars, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu embraced Swarup Damadar Goswami at that time. And he actually told him, he said that today I had a dream in the morning. And in that dream I saw you coming back to me. And everything was so good in that dream because you were returning back to me. And it was as if a blind man has got his eyes back. That is the happiness that I am feeling. I am so joyful that we are reunited again and I have become very happy now. So hearing this prayer, Swarup Damodar Goswami became very embarrassed because he had also run away from Navadvip and gone away and taken sannyas. So he again offers another beautiful prayer which exemplifies the four characteristics which a prayer should have. So a prayer should have four characteristics. It should have glorification, it should have confession, like, you know, confessing of one's guilt or one's fallen position. It should express gratitude in the prayer. And there should be supplication. That means begging for one's particular desire to be uh, fulfilled. 
but if we see nowadays when you know people offer prayer especially pi most of the population doesn't offer any prayer they don't recognize any higher authority at all but when people offer prayers they straight away go to the last part which is supplication oh lord please give me this please give me that do do this for me do that for me so it is all about you know praying for how the lord can fulfill one's desire and wants and needs but they forget the other three aspects which is the first there should be glorification then there should be confession then there should be gratitude and then only supplication should follow but swarup damodar goswami offers this beautiful prayer again described in the madhya leela he says oh lord please forgive me forgetting you i deserted your lotus feet not having any prema within me i left your service and being sinful i went away to a foreign land but although i abandoned you you didn't abandon me at all by ropes of your mercy you bound my neck and you dragged me back to the shelter of your lotus feet please accept me so this is the prayer swarup damodar goswami offers and chaitanya mahaprabhu's heart melted when he heard this prayer which was full of humility of swarup damodar goswami so swarup damodar and he accepted swarup damodar goswami as one of his very very intimate associates so swarup damodar goswami always stayed very close to chaitanya mahaprabhu and then when ramanand rai also joined chaitanya mahaprabhu in puri he came from vidyanagar and he joined and he stayed with chaitanya mahaprabhu it was as if lalita and vishakha had come back to lord krishna they were the two most intimate associates of chaitanya mahaprabhu so it is said that in jagannath puri also during the day the lord would engage in kirtan pastimes and all but in the night he would have intimate pastimes with these two great personalities swarup damodar goswami and ramanand rai they would be exchange of such intimate rasa and mellows only with these two personalities the lord would do that and swarup damodar goswami we already discussed how he was compared to brahaspati because he was so intelligent and well versed in the scriptures but not only that he also understood the internal mellows of chaitanya mahaprabhu's heart he knew chaitanya mahaprabhu's heart and what was exactly what mood the lord was going through that is something which swarup damodar goswami only could understand and you know sometimes chaitanya mahaprabhu would be in different would exhibit different different moods on different days and exactly understanding what is there in the lord's mind swarup damodar goswami would compose beautiful songs and he would sing those songs he was such an expert singer so in terms of singing swarup damodar goswami was actually compared to a gandharva so like a combination of brihaspati and a beautiful singer a gandharva that is what swarup damodar goswami's skills and talents were so he would compose these beautiful prayers he would compose these beautiful kirtans just to augment that mood which chaitanya mahaprabhu was experiencing at that particular time so that the lord's ecstasy would increase more that was the role swarup damodar goswami used to play and because he was an expert in understanding the lord's heart he was almost like the censor board you know in movies we have censor board which they censor out any unwanted scenes or anything which should the public should not be exposed to so in the same way swarup damodar goswami played that role in chaitanya mahaprabhu's life so whenever anybody wanted to present like there were so many people who would compose nice things or write some good things and they would want to present it to chaitanya mahaprabhu they would all have to go through this censor board and swarup damodar goswami would first assess it so there was a very like he a simple bengali poet who had come to um, puri and he had composed a nice poem 
and another Vaishnava brought him to Swarup Damodar Goswami and he said he has composed such a beautiful poem we should allow him audience of Swarup Damodar of um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu so Swarup Damodar Goswami said yes yes but first let him read it to me and when he read the poem he actually saw that there was some Mayavadi uh, philosophy which was there in that poem which and it was talking about how you know Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the soul and Jagannath is the body and you know such a poem was there so a person who doesn't have a discerning eye would feel that oh this is such a beautiful poem where you know Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is spoken about as he is Lord Jagannath but the, if you go to like you know Swarup Damodar Goswami used to analyze the intricate meanings the hidden meanings and he actually chastised this particular poet he said, what is this you've composed? Lord Jagannath is the Lord of the universe and you're calling to his, you know, body as, you know, in this material world and you're saying Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the soul of that body and all that. What are you talking about over here? So he actually chastised this poet and he saw that the poet became very upset. So this poet was actually a simple Vaishnava. He was, he just didn't have the training of how to serve the Lord properly but his heart was, his intention wasn't bad it wasn't that he was a pakka mayavadi who did not believe in the form of the Lord or something so then Swarup Davandar Goswami saw that this, he, you know, the this poet had become very crestfallen so then he became soft so like Prabhupada also, you know, Prabhupada used, used to be hard as a thunderbolt when something had to be taught or training had to be given but he was also soft as a rose petal so he became very soft and he said, okay, I will show you how to, you know, compose poems. And that's when the poet, you know, took that training and then he became very good in composing beautiful poems for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So like that, anything had to go through Swarup Damodar Goswami before it was presented to the Lord because he knew the Lord's internal heart and he knew how to please the Lord very nicely. And in the future years, when Raghunath Das Goswami came to live in Puri, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu placed Raghunath Das Goswami under the shelter of Swarup Damodar Goswami. He said, Swarup, you take care of Raghunath Das Goswami because he is very dear to me. He was one of the six Goswamis as we know. And Raghunath Das Goswami accepted Swarup Damodar Goswami as his guru and he was completely trained by Swarup Damodar Goswami. So we owe a lot actually as Gaudiya Vaishnavas, we owe a lot to Swarup Damodar Goswami because he was the one who recorded all the pastimes of the Lord when the Lord was in Jagannath Puri. So the post sannyas pastimes were all recorded by Swarup Damodar Goswami in his diaries. The childhood pastimes like the Navadvi pastimes were recorded by Murari Gupta and that then became Chaitanya Bhagavat uh, by Vrindavan Das Thakur. But the post sannyas pastimes, especially the pastimes in Jagannath Puri were very nicely recorded in Swarup Damodar Goswami's diary. So after Swarup Damodar Goswami left the world, Raghunath Das Goswami was Obviously for him he couldn't bear separation because the Lord had already left and now his Guru had also left. So Raghunath Das Goswami was almost contemplating suicide because he couldn't bear to live without these two personalities in the world. But then to mitigate that separation in his heart he decided to go to Vrindavan from Puri and to associate with the other Goswamis who were there. And then on the request of the other Goswamis, Raghunath Das Goswami because they said you have being the Swarup Damodar Goswami who has witnessed all the pastimes of the Lord in Puri. Many of us were not there when the Lord was performing these pastimes. So I think now your role in this Leela is to actually narrate these pastimes to all of us. Let that become the mission of your life. So Raghunath Das Goswami, you know, taking that instruction to heart. Every day on the banks of Radha Kund, 
he would sit and he would narrate he would read from swarup damodar goswami's diary and he would narrate all these pastimes of lord um, chaitanya in jagannath puri and who was sitting in that audience listening to all these pastimes was none other than krishnadas kaviraj goswami and that's how the whole chaitanya charitramrita came to be written so that is why we as gaudiya vaishnavas owe a lot to swarup damodar goswami because we got the jewel of chaitanya charitramrita only because of his mercy because ragunadas goswami learned from swarup damodar goswami who then recited and krishnadas kaviraj goswami learned from ragunadas goswami so these are some of the um, uh these are these are some very nectarian things about swarup damodar goswami and in the next 5 7 minutes we'll talk about shivanand sen whose disappearance day is also today so shivanand sen was also another intimate associate of chaitanya mahaprabhu and he was present when chaitanya mahaprabhu was in puri he actually used to live in navadweep and his main role in chaitanya mahaprabhu's pastimes was to take all the devotees on yatra because every year the devotees would go from navadeep would go to jagannath puri to visit chaitanya mahaprabhu and his main role was to take all these devotees on that yatra and we know how much you know we organize some yatra even some you know retreats that are organized we know so much of organization is required so many things have to be arranged the venue has to be arranged prashadam has to be arranged audio visual equipment has to be like so much has to be arranged for even a small two day retreat but during that time when shivanand sen used to help organize this travel of the devotees from navadweep to uh, jagannath puri there was no any tra transport as well there were no trains or all that they all used to go on foot so it would it said it would take them almost a month to reach uh, jagannath puri from navadweep and the bengal at that time was ruled by muslims although puri was ruled by hindu kings but bengal was ruled by muslims at that time and there were so many obstacles which the, they would face while traveling from uh, bengal to puri from navadweep to puri and this all these aspects shivanand sen used to take care of so the devotees can just peacefully travel thinking about the lord discussing bhagavatam and doing kirtan and go to reach jagannath puri he had to there used to be some toll nakas when they used to cross, cross borders of different cities so he used to take care of all these things for the devotees and he would also sponsor so many things he used to use all his wealth in the service of all these devotees so initially this service was actually being done by vasudev dat who was another intimate associate of chaitanya mahaprabhu but vasudev dat was so liberal and he was so magnanimous that he would whatever he was earning he was spending everything on all the vaishnavas and his own family did not have anything to survive on so then chaitanya mahaprabhu told shivanand sen that you take over finances of vasudev dat you guide him how to spend his money and from that time onward shivanand sen took over that service also of organizing the yatras so that vasudev dat wouldn't spend up all his money on all that So there are two beautiful pastimes which happened when Shivanand Sen used to organize these yatras. So one pastime was when he was going on this yatra. Obviously he he used to arrange like we said all these clearances from the toll nakas and all that, and he had to arrange the venues because they would stay in different different places while traveling during that month. So he had to arrange the venues for everybody to stay. He had to arrange for prasadam for everybody. So once he got held up at a toll naka. and you know the person who was at the toll booth was giving him some trouble so he faced that obstacle because of which he got a bit delayed in arriving at the venue and all the devotees had already proceeded to the next destination and lord nityananda was also there in that party and lord nityananda and you know the associates were sitting under a tree 
and nityananda prabhu was waiting for prashadam because there were a few uh, quite a few hours which elapsed because shivanand sen was held up and there was no arrangement for prashadam at that time so nityanand prabhu had become very angry and when shivanand sen arrived over there he saw that his wife was crying profusely and he goes and asks his wife he said what happened why are you crying so profusely and she said oh because you were late and there was no arrangement for prashadam lord nityananda became very upset because he was very hungry and he just had to wait under the tree so he has uh, given a curse that all our three sons will die and that is why she was crying profusely and you know like we said you know these these great personalities the gopis and all come down just to set an example for all of us how we can follow in their footsteps so shivanand sen was he just took it in the right mood even the lord has cursed uh, for his children to die and here prahlad maharaj is saying detachment from children because the greatest attachment is people have what to their family children grandchildren wives and all that but here shivanand sen is showing us that example of how he was completely detached from all this and more attached to the lotus feet of the lord so he actually told his wife he said what is there to cry in this i have actually offended the lord i did not keep prashadam ready for him in time and when we uh, uh, offend great vaishnavas obviously we have to get a reaction so it is good that the lord is giving us this reaction you please don't cry at all and same mood was exhibited by shrivas pandit when his son also died during the kirtan he told his family members that don't lament loudly inside the room no sound should come outside because it will disturb chaitanya mahaprabhu's kirtan so these are the exalted devotees who are the associates of chaitanya mahaprabhu so shivanand sen then went to nityanand prabhu he and he begged forgiveness from him he said my lord please forgive me that i got delayed and your prashadam was not arranged in time so he went and begged forgiveness and lord nityanand actually kicked shivanand sen on the head at that time and you know that made shivanand sen even more happy now you know if we examine in our lives if we see that everybody you know any service that we do we always want some recognition for our service we might not be eager like you know sometimes we have to introspect in our heart like sometimes we just want to hear that glorification or oh mata ji or prabhu ji you did this service so well or sometimes we just be might just be wanting a validation that yeah you are doing your, you know that encouragement from other vaishnavas that yes you did your service very well and from that mood also we might sometimes ask hope everything was okay like we might have made some arrangement for prashadam or something so hope everything was okay so we, we always when some glorification or validation from vaishnavas but shivanand sen used to organize these yatras day after day year after year he used to organize and at the end he is getting this kick from lord nityananda for one lapse that on one of the days he was a bit late and that too he was paying tolls and that's why he got delayed and he is getting a kick from nityanand prabhu but shivanand sen did not take it in that mood he became so happy and he said my lord today you have accepted me as your servant and that is why you are taking the liberty to chastise me otherwise you wouldn't have chastised me if you considered me somebody who is not in your intimate circle like prabhupad always says no that when you want to he says to a mother, uh, for a mother in law when she want to teach wants to teach her daughter in law something or she wants to chastise the daughter in law she should actually chastise the daughter and that way the daughter in law will learn so that is because you know you are more intimate with your daughter and she will not take you wrongly if you are chastising or instructing your daughter but the daughter in law is external she might feel bad if you say say directly something to her so like that only when somebody is in our inner circle we take the liberty to chastise 
and that is what Shivanand Sen was feeling very happy about that he was accepted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as, as if he is in, in the inner circle and therefore he was chastised by Nityanand Prabhu. So he begged forgiveness, he served Lord Nityananda very nicely and obviously his children were not, they didn't die. Obviously Nityanand Prabhu was not meaning that curse but he just pronounced it in his anger. In fact Shivanand Sen's, you know one of his glorious sons is none other than Kavi Karnapur whose books we refer, who has composed the Gaur Ganodesh Deepika and um, Chaitanya Chandrodaya Natak and all these beautiful books Kavi Karnapur has um, written. He is the son of glorious son of Shivanand Sen only. And on another pastime of Shivanand Sen during the Yatra was, you know, with a dog. So this dog was traveling with the Yatra party and Shivanand Sen was serving this dog very nicely, treating him as one of the pilgrims who was on the Yatra. So he would take care of this, the dog's prashadam, he would take care of his needs, he would ensure the dog is safe and protected and he is always traveling with them. And one Shivanand Sen had gone to arrange some boats or something because they had to cross a river and when he came back he saw that the uh, dog was gone. It wasn't there and he asked some of his servants that where is this dog? And they said oh we don't know, he was just here. People were taking him as a casual dog and nobody was paying attention. So they didn't even realize the dog has gone missing. And then Shivanand Sen asked, did you feed the dog prashadam? And they said, no, 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 we forgot. We were feeding all the other Vaishnavas, so we forgot. So Shivanand Sen actually sent some of his best men in search for the dog, of the dog. For a long time they were going searching for the dog, but they couldn't find him. So he was very crestfallen because he was, he was thinking, I couldn't serve a Vaishnava well, who had joined us in this uh, pilgrimage party. So when then Shivanand Sen, when they reached Jagannath Puri, he was amazed to see that the dog was already there near Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he was sitting at the lotus feet of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he was eating the remnants. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was eating coconut and he was throwing the remnants of the coconut pieces to the dog and the dog was eating those remnants. And then it is described the dog went back home, back to Godhead. Because the Lord is very pleased when, you know, he's pleased with someone who has served the devotees. So he was very pleased with Shivanand Sen and therefore, he sent the dog back to Godhead. In fact, it is said in the material life, you know, the lesser the layers between us and Krishna, we, you know, we progress very quickly. But in spiritual life, the more the layers between us and Krishna, we progress very quickly. And therefore, you know, this, uh, this, this teaching which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give us, Gopi Bharatur Padakamalayor Das 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 Anudas. So becoming the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. So adding more and more, more and more layers between us and Krishna, that is what will attract Krishna's mercy more. Rather than trying to directly serve Krishna, or there is always a race or competition to serve the Guru when the Guru comes. But if we are serving the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant, that is where we will, you know, Krishna will be accepting us within his intimate circle like he had done with Shivanand Sen. So we'll end the class here. Sorry, we went a little overboard and we'll see if there's any questions or comments. You can start asking loudly, Prabhuji. Okay. Can you explain what you mean by chastising the daughter-in-law and chastising the daughter? So Prabhupada used to quote this often. The question is, can you explain about chastising the daughter-in-law by chastising the daughter? So when a, when a daughter-in-law comes in the house, obviously she's come from another family and the mother-in-law wants to teach something 
about how what is the culture probably they are following or what is the type of cooking they do or how they do things in this house where the daughter-in-law has come to then the mother-in-law might not be able to tell the daughter-in-law directly because the daughter-in-law will feel bad she is not she is from another house she is not lived with the mother-in-law and therefore prabhupada says the mother-in-law should actually instruct the daughter as if she you know she said you you should cook like this we don't put too much chili in our food over here and you know like that as if she is instructing the daughter and the daughter-in-law hears and that way the daughter-in-law learns after by hearing the mother-in-law telling the daughter-in-law that's very very nice thank you yes sir yeah Attachment is the greatest misery in the world. And if someone has attachment for their kids, wives, their parents, they cannot get liberated. But we see in Bhagavatam, Ajamela, who was attached to his son, um, he, I've heard, um, he was attached to his son, and he got that's how he got liberated. Because I was hearing in one lecture, the speaker said that he called Narayana very loudly because he was afraid that his son might get scared by seeing the Yamadutas, and that's how he got liberated. And if he hadn't said his name, then he would ha haven't got liberated. So how do we understand this? Um. So when we are talking about, and what Prahlad Maharaj is also talking in today's verse, he is talking about material attachment. You know the example which Srila Prabhupada gave when he went with his uh, disciples to see a life member. So that is material attachment where you are very proud of how many you know, children and grandchildren you have created. And you know if we are attached, so people are, you know Prabhupada explains in the purport, people are attached to their uh, children and they are attached to wealth and how to expand their business or you know make more money in the material world. And they train their children also in that only. So we are, we are, you know, we are in a cocoon actually in, in, in ISKCON, in Krishna consciousness movement, we are in a cocoon, we are surrounded by like-minded devotees, we are surrounded by people who are aspiring to find the truth and pursue the goal of life and therefore we don't sometimes realize that outside it's not like that. In the outside world, people are just training their children how to become, you know, successful in the material world, how to have a better job, how to have better income, how to have, you know, a good family and all that. And that is the attachment which is being spoken about by Prahlad Maharaj over here. So, material attachment to, you know, people who are not interested. Because, you know, there's a verse which says, Deha Patya Kalatra Adishva Atma Saineshva Sattva Api. That, you know, at the time of death, these are all infallible soldiers. Deha Patya Kalatra Adishwa. That means your own body is a fallible, they are fallible soldiers, beg your pardon. So your own body is a fallible soldier, your wife, children, they are all fallible soldiers. They will not be able to come and save you during the time of your death. But here we are talking, there it is being spoken about material. But if you have children who are, you know, already very nice devotees or you are helping them to, towards the ultimate goal of life, then these are the same people who might come and help you during the time of death to remember Lord Krishna. So you see that is why Prabhupada is talking and Prahlad Maharaj are talking about attachment to mati on the material platform. But what Ajamil was, did was actually also on the material platform. But somehow by the mercy of the Lord he had named his son Narayan. And the word Narayan, chanting the word Narayan helped him. So and then it did not give him liberation straight away. It gave him another chance. So after that he realized the mistake he had done. The Yamadutas was stopped by the Vishnu Dutas, but not that the Vishnu Dutas took him back straight away because he chanted Narayan, because he had chanted his son's name. So he still had not developed love for God. So then he goes to Ayodhya and then he perfects his life and then he goes back to Godhead. So that is, that is the attachment between, the difference between that attachment and this attachment. 
थैंक यू माता जी Thank you, Maharaji. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that um, if we have friends who are attached to household life or to family, um, and if we're in association with them, they'll drag us down. But then, obviously, in this kind of modern society, even for devotees, it's kind of hard to refrain from, especially of our family members who are maybe are very attached to household life. So, how what's the best way to um, protect us from this kind of association? So I know, Prabhuji, like with our family members, they might not be. Some of them might be favorable, thankfully, but not practicing fully. But some of them might not even be favorable to Krishna consciousness. So, um, and we cannot not help associate with them. Obviously, they are our family. They have given us birth. Especially our parents have given us birth. Our siblings and all that. So, we we do have to have relations. But then we don't have to try to have too much of intimate relation with them, or try to be too much engrossed in what they are doing. and also to mitigate that particular you know fam that particular relationship that we have to maintain because they are our family in this lifetime we increase our association of you know devotees who are actually uh, on the path the path which we are trying on devotional service path and that way by increasing this particular association this association will not affect our consciousness so much so we are limiting this association we know they are our family members and obviously when we associate with them we are trying are by like having deep compassion in our heart we do try to somehow or the other at you know give them one step at maybe at least make them vegetarians if they are if they are not Or vegetarians, or at least make them realize that you know you are not the body, the you are the soul. Because that way we are by step by step we are adding to their spiritual credits, making giving them prasadam, taking them some nice prasadam, and feeding them prasadam, exposing them a little bit to the holy name. So those are some of the things we keep trying to do with them. But at the same time we increase this particular you know on the scale we increase this particular one. They, they, that way our consciousness is protected more from this side, and rather than getting affected from here. Thank you. Um, you mentioned before about uh, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and he uh, kind of cleared up the contradictions in the scriptures. The contradictions in the scriptures that mean in Vedic scriptures, and are they actual contradictions? Or are they misunderstandings and mis? Uh, misunderstandings as well, yes, and different interpretations which people do based on their own. understanding of the scriptures based on which philosophical school they are coming from so yes those sorts of contradictions as well um, and also sometimes you might see like you know vedas because vedas are written for people in the mode of goodness people in the mode of passion people in the mode of ignorance so for all three levels vedas have been written and therefore we might see some contradiction because what has been written for people in the mode of ignorance will be contradicting with what has been written for the people in the mode of goodness and yes so there are apparent contradictions in the vedas but in chaitanya mahaprabhu's teachings by his mercy these apparent contradictions are mitigated that's what it means nice thank you okay we'll end the class here granthraj shrimad bhagavatam ki shila prabhupad ki